This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Community Foundation, inspiring people to give back, to sustain, and advance the community that we love. To learn more, visit givedoorcounty.org. And welcome to the Dora County Pulse podcast. My name is Deborah Fitzgerald, editor of the Peninsula Pulse. And today I have Derek Demise in the Bailey's Harbor podcast studio. Hi, Derek. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing just great. So I have asked Derek to come in today because I happen to know a lot of things that he does in the community and it caused me to think about all of the people who volunteer and do things for their communities behind the scenes, and yet how integral those positions are. So there are lots of people who get a lot of visibility, and we need them too, right? They head up large corporations or organizations or they're elected officials. Meanwhile, we have firefighters who are all volunteers up here. We have first responders who are all volunteers up here. We have this grid work of community service and volunteerism that really doesn't ever get as much recognition as it should. And if it weren't for people like this, then we wouldn't have the rich, safe communities that we do have. Now, Derek, I know you because we met first when I did something when I first moved back here, and it was in June of 2020. I was doing something during Pride Month, and you are a member of that organization. Are you a board member? I can't remember. Member at large, yeah. So we first met then, and I did interview you and a number of other people. And then since then, the town of Sevastopol is one of the towns that I kind of keep an eye on. We have a number of reporters. We have only a couple of reporters here, but we have different beats. And so the town of Sevastopol is one that I do keep an eye on. And then I realized when I was having some technical difficulties trying to get access to the place where they keep their recorded videos, you helped me out with that. And then I realized, wait, what are you doing there? Are you? Yeah. So... Let's talk a little bit about all of the things that you do for your community. Now, you're from Sevastopol. You graduated from Sevastopol High School. You moved away for a period of time, went to college, came back in 2015 or so. Something like that. I... It's been a while. Yeah, but so your family is here. You all live, you know, fairly close to each other. You're back in Sevastopol. So... First of all, tell me what you do for the town of Sevastopol. So actually, I do double jobs. One, I'm on the communications committee. Okay. I mean, so it's not really a job. No, but it you don't get paid for it, right? right? It's a volunteer right. thing, and you right. do have to meet on a regular basis, right. right? Right, especially with this past year going on with the communications on trying to get the internet thing going in a town of Sevastopol. Right. I mean, there's times I think we met like twice a month, maybe even more. Okay. Because... We had to interview a lot of the service providers, and it's, like, based upon their timetable and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's like we could see each other, like, on a weekly basis sometimes, and sometimes it would be not for once a year, right? You know, for budget time. And so when you say communications and the Internet, you're talking about the broadband, right. the fiber to the home, right. and the decision the town of Sevastopol just made to go with Bug Tussle, is that it? Um, it's, we, the com- <laughs> the, the communications committee yes. has recommended yes. to the board. 
to go with bug tussle. Yes. Right. And now, then, what they decide at the board meeting this month, I believe, yes, is the next step. So, I mean, it's still a little early to officially say. I mean, we did the public hearing. We explained why we went with them, and we did our recommendation after that. And so now we're just waiting for the next steps to go. Okay. But it took the, you had to do all of the research. Right. You had to send out the request for proposals. Right. You had to listen to the broadband, the ISPs, the internet service providers. They gave their pitches. You had to compare all of those proposals. And then you had to come up with your recommendation. And you're doing this on a volunteer basis, not getting paid for it. This is just something that you're doing for the community. Right. Exactly. And I mean, that's one thing that I'm actually proud of the town of Sebastopol. I mean, when it comes to a lot of their things that they do, you know, like short-term rental and, you know, the broadband initiative and stuff like that, it's not a quick answer. They take their time. They do all the research. They make sure there's not going to be any surprises to the community. You know, it generally turns out good. You know, I've noticed that, too, because I have an eye on a lot of the municipalities up here, I can note the differences between them, Mm -hmm. even though they're all doing or supposed to be doing pretty much the same thing. It's not always easy to get people to join those committees. And so then they don't have the kind of, you know, focus and energy and, you know, people power to be able to put lots of analysis and research into those decisions. But I have noticed that, you know, with the short-term rental issue and with really the broadband Mm -hmm. issue, they really dove into that. And with any of the developments that come in front of them. Right. And I mean, it's it's just one of those things that are, we want to make sure that whatever that is decided, it's more good than bad for the community. I mean, because even though we're not elected, you know, we're all volunteers and stuff like that. We still have to walk down the street. We have to mm-hmm. be in the public. And, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'd like to be known for, you know, good things instead of, like, people wanting to throw tomatoes at you. You know yeah. what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's just one of those things. Right. So you still have to be in the grocery right. store line, standing next to your neighbors right. when they say, why did you decide to do that? Right, So exactly. it's the same thing. So now you have a front row seat at most of the things that happen right. with a ton of Sevastopol because right. of your other volunteer. Right. Okay, so let's talk about that. Because of my education, I mean, I went to college up north in Marquette. I studied television and video production. So basically right now I'm considered the assistant to the director of the TV station for the Sebastopol TV. Okay. uh, Peg station. Which many people probably don't know is that there is a television station that is just for the town of Sebastopol, right? Or is it for anybody? Actually, it's on charter and... Laddie's going to kill me. I can't remember. <laughs> We're talking about Laddie Chapman. Right. But right. yes, so you're, you are the assistant. We'll, right. we'll, we'll just not, we'll, we won't go into the weeds on that. Right. So. But it's essentially, it's on a charter station. Yes. Charter the way they are spectrum now. The way they're set up is there's neighborhoods. I believe Algoma, Sister Bay, everybody, like, I think even the pier or one other place, even anybody that's in that neighborhood can mm-hmm. get access to the peg station. Mm-hmm. I think Sturgeon Bay has three peg channels. 
Okay. So we'll move right. forward on that. But so there are some technical things right. about it, but they have a station and you are right. behind the video right. camera. Like I see you with, they'll say hello, right. you know, when, when they introduce people for the town board meetings. Right. Generally, um, my part, it's a little bit more technical. Like when the decision was made a couple of years ago that they wanted to do more live streaming on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And that was, again, during the pandemic and stuff like that, you know, just so they didn't want to go completely virtual, but they also wanted people to be able to see what's going on. Mm -hmm. And obviously not everybody, especially in the town of Sebastopol, gets Spectrum or Charter. And so we decided to do YouTube streaming. And with the help of Laddie, we basically set up a YouTube channel. Essentially, like, for example, when I said I was doing double duty for that public hearing, I had my computer. We're talking about a public hearing that the town of Sevastopol right. just had, which was to introduce, you know, which one of the broadband right, exactly. ISPs you had chosen. Yep. Right. I had to be in front because I was on the communications board. Mm-hmm. I had my computer monitoring the stream. But then to the left of me, I had the other computer that was actually streaming it. Oh, So, okay. I mean, and we had it like wireless beaming from like the cameras and the board over to the right by Laddie. And it's like... Multitasking it was multi max. Exactly. So that's why like a few times you saw me like get up and walk over by Laddie because there were some issues I had to tweak out and stuff like that. Right. How many meetings do you actually video per month? Well, generally it's all the monthly meetings. And those can be, you know, a couple hours or an hour. Right. Generally, it's about, they try to go an hour, but generally it's about an hour and a half. Yeah. Okay. So you record those meetings. um, And you really are able to keep in touch with what's happening at the town of Sebastopol then since you're, you know, behind that. So you're on the committee and you do that for Sebastopol. And then... Do you do other things for the town that I'm not thinking of? I mean, once in a while, like, and it's a little bit few and far between. There was one time I had the the Historical Society, the mm-hmm. Sebastopol Historical Society. They wanted me to help Laddie tape something, so I kind of helped with that. Okay, okay. It's whenever Laddie needs an assistant for some stuff. Right. Now, lot, lots of people are involved with right. local government. And I know that you did make a run for a county board seat right. as well uh, a couple of years ago. And I don't know if you ever ran for a town board position or not. Well, it actually feels like a couple of years ago, but it was actually last April. Oh, was it just last <laughs> yeah, April? Okay. So it was only a year ago. So, okay. All right. Um, for county board. And then besides the county board that mm-hmm. I ran, I think like 2019 was the first time I actually ran for town board supervisor. Okay. So I ran that, and actually that was with, Tony Hain was on the ballot at that time. Actually, that night, once the results came out, Tony called me, which was great. And I had a nice conversation with Tony, and he basically said, it's great seeing young people involved and stuff like that. Hey, let me try and get you on the communications committee. We need people. Mm. And he would put me in charge with one of the supervisors I was in charge of the communications committee at the time. This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by Door County Medical Center. Are you looking for a job in Door County with excellent benefits, culture, and potential for advancement through tuition reimbursement programs? Door County Medical Center is hiring. For more than 75 years, Door County Medical Center has been the leader in health and wellness for Door and Kiwanee counties. Their integrated medical center provides a wide range of specialties, including primary care, behavioral health, general surgery, the Women and Children's Center, the Door Orthopedic Center, the Door County Cancer Center, and more. 
To join the team, apply today at dcmedical.org slash careers. All right. So that was your entree into local governments. And so there is no turning back. Like really, once you get involved with local government, that's pretty much it. I mean... So you're also pivotal to the organization Open Door Pride, which is right. based out of Sturgeon Bay. So you do a lot of volunteering for them as well. Right. And how much volunteering time would you say you put in for that organization? Oh, well, uh, the first year, I guess it happened. I didn't know nothing about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was working up north here. I was clueless. And then I think the second year, I only showed up towards the end because, again, I was Working up north here, you know, couldn't really get stuff done. wasn't until the third year that I definitely tried to get involved. But then I think it was the year just before, actually, COVID. Mm-hmm. And I, I just helped with setup, like, you know, be the brawn, you know, trying to get the tents up and running and stuff like that. Okay. And actually, I think that was the first year, and that was actually what made me feel a little good because that was the year that the school of Sebastopol, two days or three days before our Pride Festival, the school board unanimously voted to allow their saga group to form in the school. Tell listeners what saga means. It's sexuality and gender alliance. It's basically... So they, they, they allowed that group to right. form within the school. So then since that time, you've done a lot more volunteering for that organization. Exactly. So what ended up happening is, of course, we were having a lot of virtual meetings because, you know, COVID was in full swing and stuff like that. And the Pride Festival was going to be a virtual festival. And so a lot of work goes into putting on a virtual festival. And anything that you, any kind of video that you put up on YouTube takes a lot of work mm-hmm. because I have the video editing experience through school and, you know, I invested in my own little hardware and stuff like that just to dabble with. Basically, I worked with Kathy. And Kathy Greer right. is the president and founder, actually, right. of Open Door Pride. Right, exactly. That week that that virtual Pride Festival happened, I think three out of the five, I mean, like, I think it was Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I was at our place at like 10 o'clock in the morning, and I think I didn't leave until 7 p.m. Wow. I mean, towards the end of the day, each day we were like, we're getting all snappy at each other. And it's like, <laughs> it's time to go. We're beating a dead horse here. I mean, it's <laughs> just not working. Right. And that takes volunteers right. like to you know put in effort like that together. So, I mean, it's clear that you volunteer for a community that you grew up in and that you want to help make a better place that may not even have been as welcoming to you when you were growing up and in school. Well, and and that's the thing. Door County has changed a lot Mm. in the last, oh God, I'm dating myself, 25 years. (laughs) Okay. Obviously, you know, it always could be a little bit better, but still the fact that Every Saturday in the summer, we can have a tent at the farmer's market Mm -hmm. and maybe only get one or two hecklers throughout the whole entire summer. Mm. I mean, that's pretty good. Okay. Probably, you know, back in the day there, I mean, I hate to say it. Mm -hmm. It it 
we'd probably have to replace the tent every week. And you probably <laughs> wouldn't even dare to put it up. Right, exactly. I mean, so... And so it takes people like you to actually make that change come right. about. And whether it's within your town and right. community or an organization that you're passionate about, right. I know you do some other volunteering too for the Lighthouse Festival, right. for the Maritime Museum, and some other organizations. But I guess... In closing this, Derek, what I wanted to ask you is what motivates you to do all of this stuff? Well, and it, it all kind of ties together. I think it's my own personal trying to, uh, how do I say this? It's my own form of therapy. Okay. I'm not afraid to tell my history mm-hmm. to whoever, you know, I didn't have a good school life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was bullied, mm-hmm. obviously, you know. Growing up in as what they call the dark ages of the LGBT community and like in the late 80s, early 90s and stuff like that. It's, okay. I suffered from depression a lot. And, you know, even to the fact that at one point, suicide was actually a point of an option. It got that bad. Hmm. However, and people would say, well, why don't you go see a therapist? I... I went to a therapist, and honestly, I told the therapist, I'm like, listen, you make me want to kill myself even more. Not to say that therapy is the wrong choice for everybody. Right. It just takes a while to find the right therapist at times. Exactly. I'm glad that you sought help. I mean, tried that avenue. Okay, so that didn't work. People that are familiar with a lot of my photography, because I take a lot of photos, um, I submit them online, and... I've used a couple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the paper had, you had a lighthouse thing and you yeah. had used that one. And I believe last year's Pride issue, there was mm-hmm. a couple of pictures that I, you know, submitted. Well, yes. you asked for and I submitted. Yes. But generally with, and goes with the Lighthouse Festival and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. One of my biggest things is living in Door County, I actually have not seen all of the lighthouses. Wow. And so that. Well, I'm, wait, wait, wait. Should I say that? Because I don't know if I have either. <laughs> I mean, there's a few that I don't have access to because you need a boat. And, okay. And so, but, anyways, the reason why lighthouses are so important to me, it's kind of like my own therapy hmm. where, I mean, I did a lot of research. And sometimes they say with depression and stuff like that, you need to have something to ground you. So, you know, if you get to your darkest time, just look at something. Mm-hmm. To me, that's a lighthouse. Okay. Because the lighthouse has a specific meaning. It is a beacon of hope in the darkest time for the ships just to let them know where they're at. If they weren't there, the ships could get lost out in sea or worse, run aground. And so that's why I take a lot of lighthouse pictures. I mean, because, I mean, I print them out. I put them up in my room. I mean. They make you feel good. It does. And it's your kind of right. form of therapy. Exactly. And, and that's the thing with, you know, volunteering with the Maritime Museum and the Lighthouse Festival. I did it once and I'm already signed up for this year. Mm-hmm. Because you have so much free time <laughs> oh, between yeah, ex- doing everything. <laughs> exactly. So you clearly volunteer for organizations that you're passionate about right. and that help you personally. Right. But giving back then, this is testament to how giving back right. heals the soul. Right, exactly. People ask me why I do so much and I joke just to stay out of trouble. But, I mean, really what it is is it makes me feel better with all the interaction I get. I mean, with Open Door Pride, you get a lot of interaction, like with on the Saturday marketplaces or even the Pride Festival in itself, you know, with the social media aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And it's just 
great to see the responses and how many people you're, you know, you touch mm-hmm. with it. Do you understand that you're making an impact? Does it does it feel like that when you're volunteering for this array of things and you know, they're not the big splashy things, but they are the things that help each one of these organizations function better in right. some way. If all goes well, like for the town of Sebastopol, if it gets approved, mm-hmm. our recommendation, obviously we're going to go forward with the fiber optic to the home. Right. Obviously that's going to make a huge difference. Huge. So I mean, so I will know because I live in Sebastopol that you were the one who right. actually brought that to me. Right. Because so, I have satellite, which we know is not actually real. I, I got satellite too. I mean, <laughs> I was one of the lucky ones that mm. were on the, the beta testing. So Okay. So you do get a sense of satisfaction. Right. I mean, you very, you know, openly and honestly told us what your motivation is. And I really appreciate that. Right. And I'm so happy for you that you were able to find ways to overcome that yourself, but also happy for the communities and organizations that get, you know, to right. see the benefit of that. So I think that, you know, the community can thank you. The organizations can thank you. Everybody should be thanked for the work right. that they do. And I don't think that that really is done all that much. So thank you, Derek. <laughs> Thanks for having me in here. I still feel weird just like having to be asked. <laughs> I was just like, really? Just me? I, I, I don't see anything special, you know? Yeah, we had this uh, email conversation <laughs> because I was trying to get the bugs worked out of a certain right. technical issue. And he started talking about several different things. And I was like, you know what? This person is essential for me doing my job right now and for getting this information out to the community on top of everything else that he does. And yet he still works for a living. This is not anything that has to do with work. So it just really inspired me to talk to you and hopefully other people. So if anyone knows someone out there that would be a great difference maker to talk to, my email is deborah.debra.fitz at ppulse.com. Again, that's deborah.fitz at ppulse.com. Just shoot me an email and hopefully we'll be able to get a lot more Derek Demises into our podcast. Thank you very much, Derek. Thank you, Deb, for asking me. Thank you so much for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. If you want to support us at The Pulse, check out doorcountypulse.com slash shop, where you can get a weekly Pulse subscription, purchase some incredible Door County artwork from Pulse artist Ryan Miller, and much more. We hope you've enjoyed the Door County Pulse podcast, and we will see you next time.